This is Out of Context with Caitlin Hartlin. I hope you've got a nice piping hot cup of tea poured, or maybe some coffee, perhaps a glass of wine, kombucha, whatever your beverage of choice. I hope you're settled in, you're comfortable, and you're ready to spend some time with me. I am indeed Caitlin Hartland. This is the Out of Context podcast, and it's been a long time coming. This was an idea I had back when I was in radio school, probably around 2014, 2015, so it's been over five years in the making, and I've found every excuse up till now not to do it. But during the COVID-19 pandemic seems like as good a time as any. So let's get to it, shall we? Why am I here? Why do I want to talk to you? And what is this all about? Those are all excellent questions, ones that I've been asking myself and trying to answer as well as I can. (laughs) So this is going to be a journey together. I'm going to figure it out as I go. But my hope for this podcast is to bring some light to some of the issues that the queer community faces that the rest of the world may not be aware of. Right now, our main exposure to queer culture is through things like RuPaul's Drag Race, for instance. And while that is great that we have come as far as we can, that that has a mainstream reach, it's still a tad on the limited side. It doesn't necessarily represent the entire queer community as a whole. Not every queer person performs drag. Not every queer person has an interest in drag. And not every drag performer is a man. As a drag king myself, performing since 2016, I've gotten to see the inside of local drag. It's a very different world from what you will see on RuPaul's Drag Race. There's all sorts of gender identities that are not only showcased through drag, but outside of drag, the people behind the performance. There's a wide array of racial identities that span the world of drag. Drag is not simply a man dressing up as a woman, and it never was. That's a broad misconception that's been happening for quite some time. But if you go back and look at male impersonators, they go back pretty far. It's a good thing this podcast is called Out of Context. I've gotten off topic already. What I wanted to do was tell you about the purpose of this podcast. It should come as no surprise to you. I am queer myself. I identify as gay or lesbian. I am 34 years old, just turned that last Sunday. And I have to say, so far, 30s have been my best decade. I'm not quite halfway through it yet, but I think the trajectory I've been following so far is pretty positive. But I think the place that I should probably start is how I came out in the first place. It's not always an easy road for many queer people, although I think it has gotten easier and easier as years have gone on and society has become more accepting, but we're still not quite where we would like to be. There are still a lot of misconceptions about the queer community. There's a lot of hatred in the world towards it. There are people who would happily, unfortunately, end the lives of people in our community simply for being who they are. So my aim with this podcast is to educate to bring some attention and light to the issues that we face day in, day out, and that have been around for decades, centuries, but also some of the newer problems we face living in a modern society with the technology that we have, and unfortunately, some of the archaic thinking that continues to prevail today. My focus will mostly be on Northwestern Ontario, since that is where I am based, but I have lived in quite a few different places in Canada, and I actually spent some time in Germany when I was a child as well. But primarily, this podcast will be with a focus on Canadian issues. So, where to start? Technically, I first came out when I was 16 years old, but it wasn't actually (laughs) intentional, necessarily. I had confided in a new friend about a crush that I had on a girl at school, and unfortunately, she told that girl 
And that girl then told just about everybody in our class and in the grades above us as well. This would have been grade 10 for me. This was when I was living in Alberta, a place called Cold Lake. It's a bit further north. If you're familiar with places like Edmonton, it's further north than that. But it's a very small community, bigger than the one I'm living in now, actually, but still quite small. And unfortunately, a lot of the attitudes back then were still pretty backwards. This would have been around 2001, 2002. I'm hopeful that things have come a long way since then in that community, but I honestly cannot verify that. (laughs) The long and short of it is that once I was outed, I was treated differently, and it wasn't kindly. I would have people shouting at me in the halls, I started receiving emails from people I didn't know, I had random people adding me on MSN Messenger. If I hadn't already told you my age, that should date me a little. And basically, school just became a place that I really wanted to avoid. I'd already had some issues with depression in previous years and was figuring that out with the help of my family doctor. But unfortunately, I just wasn't really ready to talk about my queer identity at that point. I didn't have enough exposure to the queer community to even know that there were so many other people like me, that what I was going through wasn't so different from other people. After that school year ended, through a weird twist of fate, my father, who was in the Air Force, got a posting back to my home province of Nova Scotia, and it was there that I slowly started to learn to accept my identity and to be comfortable with who I was, and even to start dating women. That, unfortunately, didn't happen until the ripe old age of 22, but it wasn't for lack of trying in my later teen years. I joined my school's first GSA in grade 11, and that was the beginning of the ball rolling towards change for me. Based on my experience at my previous school, I wasn't ready to fully come out. I attended the meetings as an ally. Slowly, within myself, I was starting to accept who I was. And as the years went on, living in Nova Scotia, I discovered there was a thriving queer community that was just waiting to accept me with open arms. After moving to Halifax, away from the small town that I'm actually from, (laughs) yeah, it comes full circle being a military kid. I was born in Nova Scotia, lived in Germany, then Alberta, then back to Nova Scotia, and now I'm in Ontario, but that's because of work, but I'll get to that later. So once I moved to Halifax, I slowly started to widen my circle and have more queer friends. And for a really long time, I thought about doing drag after attending some drag shows at a place called Reflections. They had a weekly show every Thursday night called Five Minutes of Fame. It was basically an open talent show for anyone to showcase any talent they had. But primarily, it was also a place for fledgling drag performers to cut their teeth. So I was in attendance most Thursday nights, and I really loved it, and I thought about doing drag myself, but just like on RuPaul's Drag Race, the majority of the drag I saw was men performing as women, drag queens. I use that definition now as a past tense sort of thing. Drag is so much more than queens and kings. There are so many different identities and so many different ways for people to perform, and that is exactly what I love about drag. The moment you start putting rules on it, it ceases to be drag, in my opinion. So, after about five years of hemming and hawing, I finally had my very first performance as a drag king during Halifax Pride in 2016, and I don't mind saying I brought down the house with a Michael Buble number. That launched me even further into the community that I have grown to love, and that has helped me grow. I began performing at a weekly show called Get Your Drag On at Men's and Molly's Bar in Halifax, and that is where I met my queer family, many of whom I've kept in touch with even since leaving Halifax, and who I cheer on from afar. Drag was an opportunity for me to explore my love of performance, my love of music, and to mess around with the ideas and rules behind gender. It isn't so rigid a concept as society would have had us believe up until recently. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about the queer community, is how accepting we are of so many different identities. So it is my hope that through Out of Context, you can feel accepted, and also learn a bit more about the community you're a part of, or the community that you're supportive of.
This podcast is not solely for queer people. I would love it if people outside the community would listen to maybe gain some understanding about the things that we go through and how we actually aren't all that different. I am now calling a small community, Fort Francis in northwestern Ontario, my home. I moved here two years ago for my job in radio, and I thought that might be the end of me having queer community. When I first moved here, as far as I could tell, I was the only lesbian in town. Tinder later confirmed that. (laughs) But as time has gone on, I've found community through volunteering with organizations like Borderland Pride. It was founded in 2018 by Doug Judson and his partner Peter Howie. They had their very first Pride events in July of 2018. I moved here in April, and I was immediately accepted into the group of people who have worked tirelessly since to ensure that the community has a wide variety of Pride events, including drag shows. Perhaps one of the coolest things about Borderland Pride that we've been able to accomplish is our Passport to Pride March. As far as we know, it's the only one in the world that crosses an international border. Fort Francis sits on the border to Minnesota, and its sister town, International Falls, took part in Borderland Pride as well. The Passport to Pride March started on the International Falls side, going over the bridge of Rainy River into Fort Francis. And yes, everyone did individually go through customs and show their passports. The first year we had an attendance of, I think, around 250, and last year it was nearing 300, if not more. I'm not 100% on the figures, but it's impressive to see that many people walking across a bridge, emblazoned with rainbows and waving flags, noisemakers. It fills me with, well, pride every single time. This would have been my third year with Borderland Pride, but things are a little uncertain right now due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so we're going to see how things go. As of recording, it's the first week of April, and there's a fair amount of uncertainty surrounding a lot of events in the coming months. Last year for our Passport to Pride March, though, we had our very first Grand Marshal, Trevor Bonneau. He's a silver medalist from the World Mixed Curling Championship in Switzerland in 2017, and he proudly wore the Grand Marshal sash and walked from International Falls to Fort Francis waving a flag with his whole family there to support him, and he gave a lovely speech as well. I've been the MC for the last several years running, and it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to do that. In response to some of the feedback that we've been getting from attendees of Borderland Pride the last couple of years, we decided to introduce a new social group this year. It got started as a way to keep the queer community connected in between Pride. The planning for the first LGBTQ2 social group in Fort Francis was started at the beginning of this year. So far, we've had two meetings with plans to have monthly meetings. Unfortunately, for the time being, we've had to suspend them again due to concerns around the COVID-19 pandemic, but hopefully we'll be able to pick it back up later this year. The first couple meetings were very fruitful. I was honestly overcome with emotion at the first meeting. I was impressed by the turnout because it wasn't just members of the queer community. Quite a few people showed up as allies, and that is something that we strive to really shine a light on because I think oftentimes people who are outside of the queer community feel as though they maybe don't have a place at the table. They don't want to take away from people who need the support, and they don't want to say the wrong thing. And while that is admirable, I urge you to let go of those notions. Getting involved with the queer community is the way to learn about it. And if you have someone who is queer in your life, be it family, friends, whatever, that is a great way to support them. If you show an interest and you educate yourself, that means the world to them. I can't tell you how happy it made me to have all three of my nieces present at Halifax Pride in 2016. My brother and his wife brought them out, and they were super stoked about having rainbow tattoos put on them and painting their faces and their arms. And who doesn't love a good parade, right? (laughs) But back to the social group. 
It's a collaboration between community members, Borderland Pride, the United Native Friendship Center, and Fort Francis Public Library. The UNFC and Fort Francis Library have been great resources up until this point. They've been very vocal and very helpful in planning for Pride events and being facilities to host events at as well, and just generally being super supportive. The meetings are open to anybody. Ages range from high school to, well, we'll say senior. It was began in an effort to provide meaningful connections, support, and networking opportunities within our community to LGBTQ2 identifying or questioning members, and of course, the allies who love us. And it's meant to be a safe and respectful social environment. We also have a private online forum for the community members, and we will be hosting events and meetings to help build our queer and ally community, again, after the precautions have been lifted. Our first meeting, we set out some ground rules, we all collaborated on it, and I think it was uh, a very valuable thing to have done because when you start a group like this just telling people what to do doesn't always go over well but if you get input from everyone who's involved it's going to go a lot better because then everyone feels like they have a voice and concerns can be addressed before they become issues for our second meeting we had a chat with the vice president of p flag here in ontario at the first meeting we had had an ally in attendance who spoke up about her need and her want to support her daughter who had recently come out to her as trans so she wanted to find a place where she could educate herself and support her daughter better. So we reached out to PFLAG to talk to them about how we would go about starting a chapter of our own, or if that's something we should even do. It was a very interesting talk, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we do with it once we are able to meet again. Now, I've talked a lot about Borderland Pride so far, and that is because it's the organization in this area with which I am most familiar, but there are actually a host of organizations throughout the Northwestern Ontario region, and I've been thoroughly impressed that there is such a queer presence in a place like this. When I first moved to Fort Francis, I felt very isolated because, geographically, this is a very isolated place. We are four hours from the nearest city in any direction, and we also have the unique experience of being right on the border to the U.S., not something a lot of towns can claim. But many surrounding towns towns and areas have their own pride organizations, including arguably the largest in Thunder Bay, Thunder Pride. But a little further north of us, in Dryden and Kenora, there is Rainbow Alliance Dryden and Kenora Pride. Rainbow Alliance Dryden was founded in 2017 and features a host of events each year, including drag shows. I actually got to attend one last year. It was called Dragged to Dryden, and it featured performers from Thunder Bay, all part of Fantasy House Performance Group. And man, did they put on a show! I don't think I've ever seen a drag queen perform to both Disturbed and Richard Cheese within one number, but Amber Ale managed it. If you don't follow her on Instagram already, go do yourself a favor. She is incredible. Kenora Pride was founded in 2015 as an initiative of LGBTQ2S youth, and it's 100% volunteer run and always growing. They identify it as a celebration of the diversity of Kenora's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, and two-spirit community. Thunder Pride is, I believe, the oldest organization in the region in that it was founded in 2011 and has since become incorporated and is a member of Thunder Bay's Chamber of Commerce. They also represented Northwestern Ontario at Fierte Canada Pride's annual general meeting this year. It was held in Regina in February of 2020. Next year, it's going to be in Thunder Bay, and I hope against hope that I will be able to attend. It'll be really interesting to see how other small prides from around the country manage to pull things off every year. And when I was discussing the first episode of this podcast with my girlfriend and told her about the topics I would be covering, she pointed out there were a couple of prides that I had missed because I didn't know about them. (laughs) The first is Red Lake Pride. 
and their mission is to unite and empower the two-spirit LGBTQ community through a supportive, fun, and accepting gathering. Sioux Lookout Pride is another one, and they were founded in 2017. They also have a GSA. Now, I've given you just a brief overview of all of these organizations, but they do tend to work together and collaborate on events if possible. My girlfriend is a member of Rainbow Alliance Dryden, and last year she and one of her friends made it their mission to go around and explore all the different communities' prides. That's actually how we met. I was performing at one of two drag events that we held during Borderland Pride last year, the very first drag brunch that's been held in Fort Francis. My girlfriend, Kat is her name, that'll be easier from here on out, and her friend Sheila, they had come up from Dryden because it was Sheila's birthday weekend, and they were still trying to do their Northwestern Ontario Pride Tour. Lucky for me, Sheila tipped me 20 bucks during my performance, and it gave me the courage to go and talk to them afterwards. And the rest, as they say, is history. So now that I've given you an overview of who I am, why I'm here, and why I'm doing this, and also a little bit about what Pride and the queer community in general is like in Northwestern Ontario, I'd like to open it up to my listeners. As part of Out of Context, I intend to have a feature each episode called CONTEXT. That's text all caps. And this is a portion of Out of Context that I expect to grow and evolve and change as I do and as the podcast does. But my intention right now is to focus on things from you. If you have a joke to tell me, a story, perhaps how you came out, one of your favorite pride experiences, if you've got information on resources in your community that you can share, anything and everything, as long as it somehow relates to the queer community, that's what I'm looking for. I put a call out on my own personal Instagram page just for the first episode, but from this point forward, Out of Context will have its own Instagram page, and that's where you'll be able to find me. So, for the first ever context, this one came from one of my girlfriend's best friends for many, many years now. Her name is Kachina, and Kachina's a bit of a bookworm, so no surprise, her suggestion was some links to some great literature. She gave me a couple of links for websites, and I will have them up on the Instagram page for you to find easily. The first one, Kachina says, is a great resource to find queer books in all genres, and it's run and curated by author and blogger Dahlia Adler. The address is lgbtqreads.com. And that is, of course, reads like reading a book, not like reads in a marsh. The second link Kachina gave me is a book review site, and it's Canadian. You can search by genre, representation, and recommendations. So there's a variety of ways for you to consume your queer literature. This one is called... And I love this name, lesbrary.com. That's L-E-S, Brary. So thank you so much for that contribution, Kachina. And the call is out for anyone who is listening right now to send me something similar or something completely different. That's the beauty of this feature. If you have an idea for context, you can email it to outofcontextpod at gmail.com. Depending on the response I get, we'll see how many I feature per episode. Outofcontextpod at gmail.com is also where you can send your ideas for interview guests, topics to cover, anything that you would like to hear on the Out of Context podcast. My original goal was to have in-person guests, but for the time being, since I am practicing social and physical distancing, it's likely going to have to be done over the phone. Thankfully, I work in a radio station and have access to equipment where I can actually do that. So for the first episode of Out of Context, I sincerely hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about me, about why I started this podcast, and about pride in northwestern Ontario. Next time I'll have a guest with me, and you won't just have to listen to my voice. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and wash your hands. I'm Caitlin Hartland. Out of Context with Caitlin Hartland.